<laughs> you do this all the time. That is the You important. do this all the time. You leave the most important part of the story out of the story. Welcome to Running the Line. My name is David Kalsgaard. And I'm Jeremy Plum. Today we're listening to More Goodens by Jerry Clower, released in 1981, with our comic Iowa comedian Tyler Walsh. Yeah, he's a very funny comedian. Went to spend some time working as a rodeo club. Very rural. rural very rural. Boy, living in the city now. Uh, it's a fun conversation. And then we also talk about basically setups and the, the importance of setups and the importance of telling stories. Come find me. If you want to hear more of our thoughts about joke writing, you can follow the podcast on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram. Just search Running the Light and then you'll find us. And if you want to follow me, David Kalsgaard, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at David underscore Kalsgaard. And if you want to come see me live, I will be at the Big Canvas Theater on March 6th and I will be at the Backline Comedy Theater March 7th. And then on March 15th, Sunday, I will be headlining the Comedy Loft. If you want ticket information for all those, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at David underscore Kowsgard, K-O-U-S-G-A-A-R-D. If you want to find me, I will be at the Big Canvas Theater on March 14th and on March 21st. And in April, I will be at the KPAO studio on April 6th and I'll be at the back line on April 18th. If you want to find more about me and more updates, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Plum Jeremy. Let's get started with the episode. Oh yeah, enjoy the show. Shout out to Which I think there is a G.I. Joe Mr. T, uh, just like there was for Street Fighter. But uh, like he was a guy that looked cool to kids, but never swore. Like, that's what I thought. Like the guy in the wheelchair, I could imagine swearing, but not Baracus. Who was in the wheelchair? The guy with the gray hair. Sorry. Nah, he wasn't in a wheelchair. Hannibal? Yes. Did you confuse Hannibal and Mr. X? On my level with Professor you, the, Xavier, sorry. The most in-depth thing of uh, A-Team I actually got was a parody by Family Guy in which Joe Swanson was... Uh, never saw A-Team. It first was never all, on. First of all, Joe Swanson played face in the A-Team parody. Wow. Of the <laughs> I watched uh, Rocky Three the other day, so then I Wikipedia'd Mr. T. It's actually fair. a lot of interesting shit on him. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. a professional he bodyguard. as a bouncer. You know, in an anti-drug campaign with Nancy Reagan. He yeah. did a lot. Nancy Reagan sat on his lap. It was weird. Yeah, that's yeah. a weird that's a real weird picture. But he was also in a weird cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to Running the Light. <laughs> I'm your host, David Kalsgard. With me as always is I'm here, Jeremy Plum, and with me is a uh, local boy, Tyler Walsh. That's how we're gonna introduce you, local boy. Hi. <laughs> Feel that's the only response after a local boy. Hi. Yeah. Real innocent. There, <laughs> there's nothing more like, hey, how Midwest are we? But like Tyler Walsh is the most Midwestern comic I can think of in a good way. Yeah. Howdy. <laughs> they're, they're getting a real glimpse into your personality, Tyler. <laughs> You have a real good Casey's bit, which I think has a border limit, but I love it. Oh, there, yeah. There's yeah. lots of border limits with most of my material, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> like to the Mississippi. And that's about where it ends. About. As long as you stay between the Mississippi and the Rockies, pretty much everybody should get them references. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't go very east, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, you could probably change Casey's to some eastern 
gas station that I don't know. No, a Casey's and a Seven Eleven are gonna. They're not. Yeah, gonna they're gonna thing. be different. A Casey's and a Bodega are gonna be <laughs> totally different. Jeremy, what are we? What are we? What are we talking about? We are actually Gruden talking Day? about. We're talking about more Goodens by Jerry Clower, released in 1981. 1981. Uh, you said his name right. I did because I read on the, it on the third attempt. <laughs> <laughs> on the third second, attempt. second attempt, but one was for technical issues. Fuck off. <laughs> um, and uh, Tyler, why do you? Why did you pick this album? Uh, because that I just grew up listening to him, and honestly, like me and my dad listen to them all and i just said hey what's your favorite jerry clower album <laughs> is that what you texted so, me the so i took his pick for which one we talked about because it's not i couldn't pick just one it's like i like them all and i've heard tons of the bits and stories and stuff like that my grandpa had the tapes and i had cassettes and then the first time i ever listened to this album and those albums was on a cassette in the top of a camper uh on the carnival my family went on the carnival for a summer and my parents ran a game and during the day they went out yeah, and I was right. just locked in the camper and then I just listened to Jerry Clower stuff while they worked at night. So so hold on, when you mean they went on the car they were working a carnival for a summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like I think we okay. did like a month, month and a half. We did a run with we were very close with carnival people and Ooh. we got into this gig with them. And so basically during the day, it was boring for me in actuality. Oh, uh, because you were a lot. Of, yeah. You were a child. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I got to go to pedal pools all the time and shit like that. Uh, what are, was, what are, what are pedal pools? Pedal pools, pedal tractors. Never seen them. Pedal, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedal, uh, pedal they, poles, poles, like oh, P-U-L-L. Poles, got it. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, Vallis had one of those or some shit. Yeah, it's like yeah. the small version of a big track. It's like the yeah. kid pedal version of a tractor pull. And like a big wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my large body would get on a toy and try to pedal it with lots of weight <laughs> on it. I, I kind of want to see that. I feel like you have a, you have one like today that you'll ride around for fun like this weekend. <laughs> any, any at all during your rodeo clowning? Is that... Get tiny tractor, tiny Tyler Walsh on a tractor no, doing rodeo I've, clowning. Days. Tiny bicycle. No, I've like rode around on the skids and like I've I've jumped up on the tractor while they're dragging the arena like during the rodeo and stuff like that. Okay, mm. I've you know jumped on with a random dude that's doing the arena. That like, makes that makes sense. Stuff. Yeah, being a rodeo clown's a lot of just doing dumb shit and hope somebody laughs. <laughs> it's a lot like being a stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly like being a stand-up. Only comedian. more painful. A stand-up comic than a rodeo clown. Physically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed listening to this because knowing you, having listened to your stand-up, very much I see a lot of yeah. Jerry Clower Got it. in your stand-up because there are times when you say a joke, and I felt this a ton when I was listening to this album, where I know all the words you're saying but I don't know what they mean in that order. Yeah. I have yeah. no clue. <laughs> no. Before we recorded, I asked Tyler and David, what does this, this, and this mean? Yeah. Um, you had a lot of questions about things, <laughs> just about what they mean. And I, half of them, I was just able to guess on context clues. The other half, I don't fucking know myself. It was a generational thing, I feel like. But it was also like, to me, it felt like I've, 
drank with people in Kearney or other small towns that just told me fun stories. Uh, old farmers or old ranchers would tell me stories about weekend warriors fucking up. And it's just... <laughs> All right, there's one story like of a guy who was a weekend warrior. He bought his first uh, tractor used. It was moldy on the bottom. The wood was weekend warrior. What do you mean by like, that? Like sometimes he would. Be well, a I know what the, you mean, but in what? He'd be a rancher for the weekend. Oh, okay. right. I got you. And he decided to buy a horse and to put it in this old trailer that didn't fit the horse. And what he heard, what he thought was gears churning and uh, skidding noises. So he put into a different gear and went going. And then he saw in the rear view mirror, two bloody lines right behind the tractor. Oh man. Thanks <laughs> Jeremy for making the agriculture industry look like shit. <laughs> Bring up the worst thing that could possibly. One, and I remember that cause it was funny. And that's what this guy kind of reminded me of just telling funny stories, but like happier than that bad yeah, story. Like that, that story's more, Kind of fucked than it is funny, but I got folk, a good laugh. I got a good laugh at folks, it. Folks, you guys don't know much about this guy's lifestyle, so the first story we're gonna tell pertaining to it's about dragging a dead horse behind a vehicle. I want you to know that he no, no, what, no. the horse, that horse was, was very much alive. Yeah, that horse well, was alive. I have another became. story with a dead horse, and it was dumber, but <laughs> it was it was when a horse had passed, and the guy couldn't break the soil, so he propped the horse up against the barn for the rest of the winter. And just let the horse sit there until the ground thawed up a little bit. But those are the stories I would hear and like that or listen to a pastor tell a sermon is what Jerry Clower reminds me of. Just fun little stories. I just want to make sure everybody knows Jeremy does not hang out with good responsible no, agriculture people. <laughs> yeah. Like most other times in Jeremy's life, he hangs out with the dregs of the society. <laughs> yeah. I am a dreg. <laughs> What can I ask a question? Yes. Where do you cough on a podcast? I just turn turn my head off mic as far just as just away from the mic and into my elbow because I'm not a savage. Well, I, I elbow too. I just yeah. need to know my spaces. Yeah. Okay. It's, no, it's, it's, a it's a directional mic, so it's just right in the right in the the face of it. Yeah, that barely picked up on the microphone at all. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then it gets perfect. Cut. Next time you do it, we're gonna get real quiet though. See if anybody else can hear. And if you can hear Tyler's cough, let us know on our Facebook page, and we'll yeah. give you. Something or, I don't know. or tweet at us at running the light. Like, hey, I can hear Tyler's cough. So it's just like coughing in real life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll be just fun. don't do it in someone's but face and you're fine. Yeah. Don't do that. Unless don't it's power covered. move, then do it and make eye contact. No, they're, 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 I, I never cough on a person's face. I've coughed in my dog's face before because she coughed in mine. That's just a, that's just payback. <laughs> that's all that is. Anyhow, back to Jerry Clow. That's a weird time. Too bad there's no way to just shit on your dog's floor. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're my floors. I would just be shitting on my floor. Well, like a dog, but you could go to a dog house and like shit in the dog's house. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I have I have two West Highland White Terriers. They're lap dogs. They're my barky babies. They're outside as little as possible. They're outside to go potty and then they come back in. Anyways, uh, I'm going to say something controversial about this album. I liked it, but it felt like I was doing some research on him and he was a manure sa uh, salesman, you know, because he goes outside to go poop, just poop, uh, you know, poop and fertilizer. That's my translation. Absolutely flawless segue. <laughs> Anyways, but these jokes came Nine up. Nine out of ten. I'm amazing. <laughs> but uh, he would come out and do these funny stories while selling fertilizer to boost his sales. 
And that's what these feel like. They just feel like funny stories and where the punchline isn't the focus of the joke. It's just like, hey, this is just a good time. This is just, you're going out, you're listening to a guy. It's just a good time. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's everything I, yeah, it's not stand-up comedy. I don't believe, I mean, it. It's very it much is, storytelling. It's storytelling. Yes. It, it, it's not traditional. There's no, he will go two and a half minutes without yeah. a laugh. You know, yeah. yeah, lots of them aren't even, I think they're just studio. I mean, some of them, I this think is all just, live, but yeah, yeah, this is most live studio, but, but they're not, he's not looking for, there's no laughs per minute in his oh, world. Okay. That's one thing that was kind of a little strange listening to it. The first run through it was like, like he's not, he doesn't care about the old adage. Like you need to get a laugh every 20, 30 seconds, whatever the number that whoever chooses to yell at you about this. And the guy has a shit ton of albums. Like yeah, I'll yeah. put out a ton of and material. Uh, listening to a lot of this stuff, it's kind of like listening to the stories that Jeremy was just telling us that he heard from other people. A lot of the times I got to know, like, are these actual, like, real stories? Fucking maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these situations, like, there's no way this many things like this happened to this man. It's, there's no way. It's based on the lifestyle, but, like, the, yeah. lead, the lead betters are a fictional yeah. family. Yeah. Like, and it's just a things he's created these stories mm -hmm. it's kind of based on from what i've just known over the years or looked the happenstance or his lifestyle but it's you know marcel ledbetter and all that yeah. those aren't you know it's just a you're ch you're changing names into a fictional family for the story's purpose and um, that's a modern version of this would be the redneck stories that jerry not jerry seinfeld uh jeff fox were there uh, would say not you might be a redneck, but hey, this redneck came up to me and he's told me a story about yada, yada, yada. It's similar to that, but mm. more jokey by Jeff Foxworthy. Mm. And this is more. Yeah, this is this is very this is very much like the old guy in a Casey's. Yeah. Like telling you a story. Yeah, and that's yeah. everything I want. Like, yeah, that's Tyler, that's Tyler, I can picture you in a Casey's telling me a story about what you did last yeah, night. I want to talk to an old man at a sale barn about, you know, just some goofy ass story he has. And I want it to last for 20 minutes. We went to Apple <laughs> and me Jacks. to only laugh at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went to Apple Jacks one, and that's and Apple Jacks is just a pumpkin patch with a little barn. And that was your element. That was you were just sitting and talking to every old man out there about what was happening. And that was that was that was your element. I honestly think you secretly just want to fast forward the next 30 years of your life and get to that point where you can be the old guy being like, listen here, young buck. And then telling them a story about how you accidentally dragged a horse behind your trailer or something. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to tell no, the story. No, that's a bad story. <laughs> that won't happen. It's funny to me. Cause like, Oh no. Uh, I like it when people fuck up. <laughs> this is something that like, if a new comedian was trying to learn from it, could like I don't think you could read you you couldn't recreate this one for one in an open mic way, but like Tyler, you've kind of recreated it in your own way. But you, your hat joke, you don't get dancing and a girl wears your hat, like you have multiple quote unquote laugh lines in that. Uh, but it's all just a fun Why charming quote story. Unquote? They're they're laugh I'm lines. Just kind of I'm just kind of throwing words, see what happens, see what sticks, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. I'm working on it. Yeah, no, that I feel bad. like you very much are like, I, I see a lot of, and honestly, I see the Jerry Clower like style in a lot of rural comedians. Yeah. But they've increased the number of laughs in mm. 
a joke. But I think that's one thing that if a new comedian were to listen to Jerry Clower, you can take away just the storytelling because, yeah, you're not getting a bunch of laughs, but he does a great job of building anticipation mm -hmm. because you're waiting two and a half minutes sometimes for one punchline. But he does a great job of building that anticipation, then relieving the pressure with the laugh line. But when he's building the anticipation, he doesn't build so much that you as an audience member, you as a listener, feel like you're waiting for a bus that's late. Like you're not pissed off that he's just not getting to yeah. the point. Like you, you're still, and you're, you want to hear what the end of this story is. You are invested. He does a great way of getting that, getting audience investment, mm -hmm. even if the payoff might not be just the biggest bring down the house punchline ever. Yeah. Also, like, there's not a lot of two-minute jokes. A lot of them are just like a minute 40, and people who are trying to tell stories will sometimes do a five-minute story. No, just get in. Get in, get out. You still cut the fat in a story. Also, like, a lot, a lot of those longer stories have more laugh lines. So. Like, I meant from a new comic, specifically oh, from a new, new Yeah, comic. like a new, like, first time at an open mic yeah. thing, they're telling a five-minute story. Yeah, those guys. Uh yeah, those are the people where you feel like you're waiting for a bus. Yeah. Uh, and see, I like to find, I do too, when I see how it hurts my own comedy, but like, I don't, I don't think I've ever been a punchy person. And like, I like weird, like we can just take, like I, I laugh several times throughout his story. Yeah. His stories. I mean, I laugh all the, t I laugh like it's, you know, just at parts of it all the way through. Cause I just like the weird, you know, those yeah. are my lap. Like, I don't need a punchline there. I'm like, right. how that you know, we used to walk around, story. quote him, all, you know, just parts <laughs> of his stories. One thing we'd like, you know, yeah. we'd always just walk around and go, Oh, shoot this thing. <laughs> and, that's yeah. from, and we just used to, in my family would just say that to nothing. You know, that would just always be, Oh, <laughs> shoot this thing and things like that, you know, but yeah. that's where we laughed. And I think there's a couple of times that I was listening to this and I found myself laughing more than the audiences just because yeah. there were a couple of times where he would throw a line out that I don't think got the appreciation that it deserved by the audience at the time. There are a couple of times when I'm watching comedians now where they'll say a line, I'm like, the audience didn't laugh at that. Right. They, they, needed, they needed to laugh at that more. That's, mm, a fun, yeah. that's a funny thing they just said or they said it in a funny enough way that it should have gar garnered a laugh and it didn't. Yeah. It felt, uh, you also do in doing that. You've also told stories or like one sentence things that are just to everyone else really funny. Cause you say it's so deadpan. I remember the time you told me multiple times you've gotten paid in popcorn and flowers or popcorn and, uh, plants or some shit. Second time someone offered you to run a popcorn stand or some shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done some kettle corning. If that's what is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes. <laughs> that was with the carnival people as well. We have some big entrepreneur families in our life. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's it. Like, sure, that's not a joke, but that's funny. It's just you get real excited to just run a cat of corn. Oh yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, and I did it only just oh, a few times a year. He would take me as I got older after the carnival stuff, I, we would go sell kettle corn and set up and I would, but at lunch lots of times, and maybe it's a vendor thing everywhere, but like at, we used to come to Omaha uh, to do the big arts festival. We sold at that every year. Yeah. 
and we would like at lunch, you wouldn't pay money for anything. We would just like, it was kind of a game to see what you could trade the kettle corn for and get like as somebody's Euro stand, you give them, they're like, ah, oh, give me a bag of, and you get a Euro cause you give them a bag of kettle corn. Like we would trade for lunch all the time and stuff like that. Nice. What's it like yeah. knowing that if the apocalypse happens, you'll survive? <laughs> Solely off kettle corn and favors. No, like you actually know how to do things that would be yeah, like a marketable skill. <laughs> there's a lot I can't though either do. A lot of this just is all translates to just having a lot of dumb fun that's not yeah. made any <laughs> that's not coming to anything good. <laughs> uh but no, stories like that are just fun because it's like, yeah, it's just about like the weirdness of the situation and just having dumb fun. A lot of these jokes uh, that Clower say can be wrapped up in just this is dumb fun. And there's a, they're just, some of them are just kind of old Southern stories. You know, and there's a couple of his that I've heard from it. There's another Southern storyteller that he tells the exact same story. And, you know, I was kind of like now, like, oh, I wonder who's actually, but I think it's just an old Southern story that has its own different way to be told by. Right. It's, it's kind of like how like when comedy first like started out, like, like stand up. They do it at burlesque shows back in like the 40s and 50s. Guys wouldn't really write their own jokes. They would just tell jokes. They would tell funny jokes, funny stories between dancers. But nobody cared if it was something that you had heard before. Still a funny story. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think you find some of that like even crept through like with uh, Clower all the way through the 80s where it's like, this is still a fun story. Sure, I've you heard somebody else tell it, but it's still fun to listen to this story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those old dog hunting stories are probably passed down from generation to generation, but they're fun. And is that something that you should do now as a no. comedian? No, absolutely not. No. People have people have way more harsh opinions about that. You can't just go up like, hey, I really like the story that uh, Jim Gaffigan did once. And you, no, you can't do that. No. You can't. I have to retool that that horse story if I ever want to say it on stage, but I don't think it. I don't think any crowd will like the story of a horse almost dying. You should not talk about animal cruelty <laughs> so open on stage. What if I do an open mic? I mean, if the crowd sucks at an open mic, I meant make I meant them a, leave. I meant a live mic that is going to be recorded and distributed. Oh. Everybody who listens to this already knows you're terrible. They're not going to judge you any different. Fuck yeah. <laughs> they also know that I'm terrible, yeah. so they're not going to judge me any different for laughing about it. Our, our best uh, episode is I just take Quaaludes, and I assume after that, everyone just assumes everything up to that. It's just the Quaaludes talking. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me how important setups are, because here's the thing. When you're writing jokes, more comics... Comics spend more time on the setup than the punchline. Punchlines are easy. Getting to there is way harder. I have, I have a way. I feel like I do way better with setups than I ever do with punchlines. Mm -hmm. Like lots of times, I think I can set up a cool or some. Maybe this is just me. Sometimes I feel like oh, I have this cool setup, but then no way to finish it or no. And like yeah. I have struggled with the punchline. I have no problem saying it in a weird way that kind of comes off with sets it up. But then, yeah, I'm a terrible finisher, but I've always been, <laughs> I, I start everything really well and a fuck. I can't finish anything. I start poorly, I mean, but I, I can end decent. That's, 
Those are not the two words you want to describe any part of your joke. <laughs> <laughs> I could, well, you can't start, you can't end strong if you start kind of wonky. Just say good or bad. <laughs> wonky. Wonky is a normal person word. Wonky is like the last time I heard wonky was like my third grade teacher said wonky. <laughs> You're her. <laughs> That's probably right. No. Did you say cats up too? No. She said cats up. No, ketchup. She said cats up though. I don't, under, I I don't understand cats up. Now that I've told you. It was pronounced cats up at a time. I think you'll start saying cats I, up. I, it might We're going to see you at an open mic and you're going to be like, do you have any cats up? I ran <laughs> yeah, out because you know how open mics like at Barley Street, the bar known for their ketchup and cats. Up. <laughs> yeah. Can you get ketchup at Barley Street? You can. No. Hey, what's there to put ketchup on? There's, that, there's nothing you can put ketchup on, but you can get it. Jerky on ketchup or ketchup on jerky. That's the only thing close. There's that or beer nuts. I don't think you no, should. You do can it. put it on some pork rinds. You can mu mustards and pre mustard and pretzels. No, that's, that's good. That's mustard. Real good. I can get mustard's more versatile than ketchup. On a on a soft pretzel, not a hard. Damn pretzel. it! We're talking about food again, I'm Jeremy. Just, I'm always hungry at one in the afternoon. No, hard eat before you come to the podcast. No hard pretzels, no. the little hard pretzels and yellow mustard. I might give that a try. That it's, sounds kind of good. It's like it's it's not really Salt. all that different from a from soft pretzel. Well, mustard. it's the texture. It's the texture that does it for me. The the soft pretzels uh soaks up the mustard and what's what not. Let's get back to the point here. <laughs> I don't think he's going to end up saying cats up because I've been trying to get him to say sandwich for like 2 months now. No, and I'll say it Sammy. Caught on. I'll say Sammy. Yeah, I know, which is so close to sandwich. You should just dig nah, in. Nah, special K. Call him a sandwich. <laughs> Anyhow, the uh, what were we talking about before we got sidetracked and all those that I, that for oh, me no, coming up with punchlines. Yes, I think setups are harder because you're working more on like cutting, uh, cutting and getting the fat and making it smoother. Whereas the punchline, once it got the punchline, the punchline kind of stays. Well, that, even then, that's not always true because you might find out that the funniest part of that joke is no longer the punchline you came up with. The funniest part of that joke might be something else that you say during the, what you thought was the setup. Now that's the punchline to the joke. Well, what's this other piece going to do? Am I moving it up? Am I taking it out? Punchlines are way harder for me than setups because the setups, you can write and get a little joke and write and get a little joke and write and get a little joke what is the big payoff though? Because you have to work. That's the main thing that the punchline is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the big payoff to the joke. Sure, you can have a bunch of other little jokes in front of it. Yeah. But your punchline needs to be funnier than any of the other smaller jokes that you had in the bit. Otherwise, it's going to feel like uh, people are going to be disappointed when they hear that. So that's why you're coming up with punchlines for me is way harder because like Tyler was saying, I can come up with setups and smaller jokes all day, but is the thing that I'm going to end this on to like finalize the point or to conclude the bit, is that the funniest thing? Is that the biggest laugh or is there something better? Because you can then find something better and easily change the setup, but it's finding the thing that ends it and concludes the joke. That's what makes punchlines way harder than setups for me mm. because you have to finalize everything. I can, I can see that. Now, here's my question. 
does the does the punchline have to be the biggest thing? Because listen to these jokes, and like we said, these aren't stand up jokes; these are stories. A lot of these don't end on the biggest punch. I would say they end on the only punch. A lot of them. <laughs> Some I would of them. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I may I may have taken away from this a little differently, and that's that's fine. Like, what was one? Is there? Can you name anything? Oh, uh, when he's talking about like. Uh, the little boy that likes to talk like a dog and like just the body language of talking like a dog. I think that was in the middle of a joke. Uh, and that was funnier than the punchline, even though the, the punchline at the end, boy, how, how much you've grown is real funny. I think the physicality of acting like a dog was had a, a bigger punch. Uh, l- listening to that joke, there was more noise, but I don't think there was more laughter because he's barking into the microphone. <laughs> There's more noise, but not more laughter. I, I, there's not laughter, a lot of laughter in a lot of this. I laughed more. <laughs> okay. I think, or I enjoyed it more because I didn't laugh a lot. I just had it. Or you're on my list. Had, had, I think stuff in the middle, like describing who this big burly guy was, mm-hmm. I think had more bigger punches than you're off my list. No. No, I don't. I don't believe in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's a difference of opinion. Yeah, that's, 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 a, yeah. A, that's a difference in sense of humor. Really, that's yeah. what it comes down to. But for the most part, all of these, like I think, all of his biggest laughs come at the end of these jokes, which, as a comedian, is where you want them Should. to be. Like you can hit up, you can have a punchline and have a bunch of tags to the joke after that, but. You can't really fall flat after that. Like once you set what the new level of laughter is for a joke, you don't really want to, at least me personally, I don't really want to go backwards from that. I don't want to go from a small laugh to a big laugh back to like a smaller laugh. Right. Like you want it to track upwards. Makes sense. So that way when you say the punchline, you're hitting the tags while people are coming down from the big punchline laughter. And that's replateauing the joke each time because you're giving them the punchline and then you're giving them something extra. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with an, an, a normal joke. I'm just trying to see what this does differently. But again, this is so not a normal typical joke that it's, it's, it's hard to see it in that limelight and going back to it. Sometimes you got to have that mindset of this is, this is comedy in a whole different way than like your Eddie Murphy's or your even Larry the Cable Guys or David Kalsgaard's. I actually think this is, might be a little bit closer to Ron White's style of sense of humor. Than yes. Anything. Like if we're going like modern Southern comedians, like it's kind of reminds me a lot of Ron White. Yeah. Talking about his wife and whatnot. One of his favorite jokes or one of my favorite is where he goes, uh, the Ledbetters, the town square's on fire. Yeah. And I don't think it was on this album. No. The town square's on fire and the Ledbetters drive their old truck right in the middle of the fire. The town's panicking. The fire department can't get there. And they drive their truck in the fire and they get out and the Ledbetters put the whole fire out. They beat and they stomp. They're right in the middle of it and they put the whole thing down. The town cheered. They were so pumped and they raised money to give them everybody. And they said, what's the first thing you're going to do with this money? You saved the town. And he said, first thing I got to do is get the brakes fixed on that truck. 
<laughs> and you know that like you know it's good but like it's, it's silly, the best man. but throughout it you know how he talks i laugh all the way through it even though there's not laugh lines necessarily right yeah just right. like we're taught like his little set but that's a great payoff there exactly you're I right mean, that's you know those i just like that style of you know to me that i don't know i grew up around a lot of just long-winded storytelling type people yeah you know and just i don't know so i just that drawn out what's the difference between a laugh line and a punchline? i don't know i think oh. probably the same thing i mean it, uh, if well, it's a punch it's but well, i mean there's laugh lines to me that aren't punch lines right you know and i don't those are just things i think are funny laugh lines are things in my opinion that you could essentially remove from a joke you can remove that line from a joke and it's not going to inf to affect the overall outcome of the joke. Mm -hmm. It just ends up enhancing the joke. That's what a laugh line is for me. As a punchline is more of a conclusion to something. Right. And multiple jokes, like uh, bits, will have multiple jokes in them. Like uh, there's a lot of stories that I tell that have set up punch jokes in the middle of the story mm -hmm. before reaching the ultimate conclusion and terminus of the bit. It, it all depends on how you look at joke structure as well as when you when you find punchlines and whether or not it's a punchline or if it's a laugh line to you. In, uh, in that description, almost a laugh line is like seasoning to a punchline that is like your, your main course. Yeah. The, yeah. the punchline the punch and the joke itself are potatoes. Laugh lines are the salt and garlic and things that punch up the bacon bits, whatever, I, that make it better. That was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Because I took food and I made it a metaphor. And that's the only way you can understand the human <laughs> language, apparently. I mean, there are multiple ways. Food is the easiest way for anyone to understand anything. <laughs> it is just everyone eats. That's how everyone poops. I'm just going to talk to Tyler for a while. <laughs> when, you, when you're, you're a little wonky, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't wrong. I ain't wrong. <laughs> These are turning into Charlie Brown's uh, titles. Yeah, they pretty much are. <laughs> you got a good one, uh, Charlie Brown, and you're a little wonky, Charlie Brown. Yeah, these these, these are the bootlegs. <laughs> I just take Quaaludes, Charlie Brown. <laughs> nah, man, Charlie Brown for sure got addicted to pills growing up. Anyhow. When you're talking about the, the, a punch like the big reveal, the, at the end, the thing that I really liked about listening to this album was there were a lot of jokes where he had the big reveal, but the big reveal wasn't a big reveal. It wasn't some big turning point. It was just a simple change in direction Yeah, that you weren't expecting after a minute and a half, two minutes, like that Ex like that exact bit that you were talking about or the bit where uh, he's talking about this dog chasing this bear and trying to get some kid to stop lying or something. I can't yeah. really remember the first oh, yeah. to that one. That's yeah, a great one. Was, yeah. yeah. And he, he goes, now do you believe that? And he goes, absolutely. That's my dog. <laughs> like that, that, those little turns, turns that you just weren't quite expecting, but aren't a complete departure from like, it's not like he turned it around entirely on its head. It's just a little sidestep. Yeah. And that little sidestep is enough most of the time. And I think when it comes to a lot of people who struggle with joke writing, 
Yeah, sometimes the biggest punchline isn't going to be the weirdest, wackiest, outlandish thing that you could just small little sidesteps. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get the same exact same reaction that you want if you went completely out there. This is kind of nerd, not that. This is, I'm just going to share another one I like. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, it fine. wasn't on that one, but like, and it might be way better if he actually played it. But where he's, he's talking about the guy, the levee breaking and it's flooding. And, uh, he's on his porch and water's up to his porch and they come up with a boat and they say, the levee's going to break. You know, you're going to flood your house going to go. You got to come with us. And he said, no, I'm staying right here. God's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And then that gets cute. Then the next time the water's up halfway up the house and he's on top of the porch now. And they say the levee's, you know, the levee's breaking and you got to go. And uh, he says, no, nope, God's going to take care of me. And then the last time, and he does work in, I mean, that's a rule of threes type. Right. Because yeah. now the third time he's on the roof, they come in a helicopter and then he's playing it out and he's going, you got to get in the helicopter. We got to take you. And he said, nope, God's going to take care of me. And that goes to heaven. And he says, God, wait, <laughs> I thought you were going to take care of me. And he said, I sent you, t-. he said, you dummy. I sent you two boats on a helicopter. <laughs> and you know, just that simple, it's that's simple. all it is. He just, God just said, oh, you dummy. Yeah. I sent you two boats on a helicopter. And, and that's, but that, I, that was my favorite. That's another one we walked around and said was, oh, God's going to take care of me. <laughs> and at that point, it's about the walk. You know, a lot of these jokes, it's about the story. It's not about the sidestep. The sidestep is nice. It gives you some payoff so you can, enjoy the walk you were there but it's all about the walk and uh, all these stories they're just fun they're just they're they're calming they're calming uh they're relaxing it's just a good time and he and he does have like he does have hit lines that he keeps that he kind of perpetuates you know or yeah. that he has you know he says if i'm lying i'm dying mm-hmm. yeah and, you know stuff like that and kind of repeat but he still has those just kind of those things he says that are or things he does because he has like that. It's almost like a Ric Flair kind of that he does a lot during yeah. his. Yeah. When he's usually when he's trying to denote someone is angry or someone was mad or he was mad. That is pretty much his anger noise. right? The train there. story was that had yeah. that a lot. Yeah. That was and a fun one. Another one is where he's uh, he's up in the tree and then it ends up being a lynx and it's a bobcat and he's fighting this bobcat in the tree. And he's yelling down for them to shoot. Yeah. He said, Woo, shoot this thing. And he just keeps saying that, Woo, shoot this thing. And then he said, I can't shoot up there. <laughs> I can't shoot up there. I might hit you. And he said, Just shoot up here amongst us because one of us has got to have some relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate, I just, yeah, now I'm just purely just nerding out on jokes I like of his. <laughs> no real, I got nothing in intel. I'm like, Yeah, no, that's just fun. How, how, how would you say that this like changed your comedy or like, you know, set the, set the groundwork? Oh, I don't know. Maybe probably it made me think I don't need punchlines. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a good thing. I think sometimes when I get like, I think about when I, cause I get some bits or jokes or things I try to work on that just never, I can narrow, never narrow down to just the one thing I want to say or the one like, I just want to tell a big old story. Yeah. And I think I blame it on just for stuff I like like that. You know, just a big story. Yeah. Even though his are very crisp. I mean, they're... As far as stories go, they would... Uh, for a lot of people, I would barely say it's a story. Because it is just like two minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's not like 
an actual story it's where just a story you, joke. I you're guess. giving a ton of setup and a ton of backstory and all this stuff. You're where people are taking like you see some comedians now who even have Netflix specials where they're doing a story that's seven, eight minutes long. It's a nice succinct story in about two yeah. minutes. Or like this is like I like a pasture story. Like my pastor used to tell the story about his sister not wanting to see Titanic unless it has a happy ending. Yeah, it's just in out in like a minute. She never got to see Titanic, by the way. There were a lot. Don't tell me how it ends. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> there were a lot of jokes there that did remind me a lot of a preacher telling telling yeah. a story in church. I expected a lot of jokes to end with. Now, can I get a name, man? <laughs> and see, like we, I grew up in a small Christian church that was just very homeschooly and things like that where I, and it was very much based on stories yeah <laughs> everything we did was like we had children's stories like i had like stories about uh like christian like whole cassettes of just their like joan of arc yeah and um j just different stories like that george washington carver had I, a bunch of stories yeah, you know, my like favorite I bible stories, stories. George washington carver. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah but just like good stories about amazing people yeah and stuff like that but good wholesome so i think that is kind of i've always been kind of like that yeah small town has like an economy of stories where everyone trades stories once once you get a little bored or are going outside having a smoke you just trade stories just to pass the time and and see who can one up the uh one up the other can I, or is this a tangent? If yeah, I, am I sure. taking this way off? Yeah, go, go, let's go. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> there's a guy, but in my, my town's an hour and a half north of here, but there's a guy that, uh, well, he used to run the open door mission. It was pastor Bob. Yeah. And pastor Bob used to come speak at our church and speak and like come up vacation Bible school each year. He was a very booming pastor Bob and a bit, yeah. you know, and that kind of story Southerny type feel. I think he was from the South or something like that. I don't remember. But he sold, their big thing was they sold these tapes, these stories. And it was always a big thing when Pastor Bob was there to get these kids' stories, these tapes. And they were awful. <laughs> they were, <laughs> like, I would listen to these. They were great stories. They would hook you in. But they were, like, real. They Like, the guy had to, the one guy had a draw, was a drawbridge operator in the story. This is a children's story. And his son was with him at work and playing or something. And it was going to be this deal where if he didn't hit the switch bridge, it was going to kill like a hundred passenger train or his son. Mm. And then it was relating to a Bible story and God giving or Abraham supposed to oh, sacrifice, sacrifice his, kid. his son. Yeah. So did the kid the die God. in yes, this trollbook story? Kid, oh. The kid dies in the story. So this is being so like as a 10 year old, I was yeah. listening to these like ghastly pastor Bob stories from <laughs> like that was the story and it'd be like three in the morning i'd still be listening like oh that's, that's awful fucked up also, <laughs> no, i don't think no. pastor bob read the end of abraham's story he didn't end up sacrificing him <laughs> but it, here's the thing if abraham had to sacrifice his kid or spent the entire day stabbing a hundred other people in the town like who, what would Abraham pick? His That's kid. what they did. After they got off the mountaintop, they <laughs> circumcised each other. Oh, yeah. He did stab 100 people in the wiener. You're right. I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, man, the Bible's super messed up. <laughs> it's weird. Especially that Old Testament. It's it's wild, man. I remember just hearing the stories about the judges, and I loved the stories of the judges back God, then. God really calmed down after he had a kid. I, <laughs> man, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, has, who, has, who hasn't had their wild, that wild streak and then just toned down? God's real one of them born-again Catholics. But yeah, so Christian people just listen to a lot of messed up yeah. stories. Yeah. That are wholesome. No, I, I remember, but I remember I grew up I grew up I grew up in a small church too. Yeah. We uh they'd be like, man, what's the lesson here? And so many times we'd just be like, I don't know. Why'd the kid die? Oh, mine would just be like me and my mom and my grandma, we would then after church just tell old stories about like Oh, your uncle's uncle did this, or I got, I have a joke about, Hey, here's how your dad joined the Marines. And like, whenever we were out by the trailer park, my dad would tell me dumb stories or my, uh, about just stuff our family used to do growing up. And so that's what we did. Yeah. And yeah. You, those are fun. Those, those are fun. Like those. Those yeah. are, they're fun if you have a good family. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they're more no, fun no, if you have you a bad family. <laughs> they they're way more fun. Yeah. They are way more fun. They're way more fun. And then they are way more sad. No, I mean, like eventually somebody hits a breaking point where you tell the story that you're not supposed to tell. And then eventually (laughs) (laughs) I usually told those. Yeah. Yeah. No, I went to Rachel's wedding. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I made most of my friends in college by telling the stories, the dumb shit I did in college, like the times I found shoes in a bush or the times I got lost and walked around for like five hours. Uh, Or did you keep the shoes? Yeah, they fit. Did you spray a little tough actin' snacktin'? I just threw them. I just threw them in the wash. I'm calm, done. I wore them for like two years. They broke down. They were great. They were good shoes. They broke down because you washed them. No, I, I wore them for two years after Have I washed them. Have you noticed that once you wash shoes? Yeah, they they're, yeah, never, they're, they're, they're done. Fast. But I they're also never, like, but like they're even, never the same. But you've met me now. I walk everywhere, and so like when I I used to only have the one pair of shoes because I used to work six hours, and so I would wear those shoes I found in a bush for you know hours upon hours a day and after two years they just got holes in them and broke down but uh they were good shoes good shoes what kind were they uh, they were off brand they had little smiley faces on the soles those do not sound like good shoes they were comfy <laughs> they it were sounds comfy. like you put your feet through some abuse for a couple of years they were they were <laughs> for flat, those bush shoes they were flat they were flat uh footed bush shoes and they felt good they felt good it felt like i wasn't wearing shoes Felt like I wasn't wearing shoes. No, that's not the point of shoes. You're yes. supposed to feel like you're wearing shoes. No, you're wearing no, shoes. no. Your arches must be in a sad yes. affair. Have yes, you seen they them hurt. walk? Yeah, no, they hurt. You have plantar fasciitis for sure. I have flat feet for sure. I get it. But like, uh, they were free. What were you going to do? Not wear them? Yes. No. Yes. No. Do you no. know how many times I've found a t-shirt that was my size, but I didn't wear it because I found it in public? Could have just washed it. You've been good. Or that time I lost a pair of pants at a at a. You just forgot to meet. pack pants. No, I lost them at a conference, and then I had to look around, and then I found them at the police station. Why were your pants at the police station? Some guy found them on the ground. Thought it was like some drunk, or some crime happened in those pants, so he gave them to the police station. Where was this? Hastings, Nebraska. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Why? So you had to go to the cops to, to get your pants? I had, uh, I had to drive from Carney to Hastings, 
to the police department and say, hey, I'm the guy with his pants. And they go, oh, man, we thought something bad happened. I go, no. Yeah, that's the most boring lose your pants story. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it is. Especially especially since at no point when he lost his pants, was he without a pair of pants? Like if those were your only pair of pants and you no, you were wearing pants when you lost the pants. If you were had those pants and you like took them off to like go to the bathroom (laughs) or like wash out a skid mark or something. And then you turned around and no pants. That's a better story. You're right. Now Jeremy has no pairs of pants and that is compelling lose it i've lost a pair of pants before you well, know should what i, I stopped at bush shoes so what? i should have stopped at bush shoes you really should should've. i you, miss those bush shoes i look for those type of shoes every day now in bushes a little bit yeah whenever i see a pair of, i've seen hats on the ground i go i could that's kind of the way holes started right yeah yeah that's, that's exactly that's how exactly. holes started yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see hats on the ground. I go, I could clean that up. No, that hats is too far. Shoes, if I find shoes again, I'll wear shoes again. If a piece of clothing is discarded. <laughs> Have we been going Rich, on about this? Too? No, no, Rich has a question. An hour or a pair of pants? Yeah. 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 45 minutes, depending wow. on how fast. Yeah. They had my keys in them. Were they jeans? Oh, they had... They had my keys and wallet. Did you, yeah, you. Oh, that's you're not leaving. <laughs> you do this all the time. That is the You important. do this all the time. You leave the most important part of the story out of the story. <laughs> my my dorm was always on all the time. <laughs> Why is it important? My, my dorm was always unlocked. Why is it important? <laughs> Because it actually establishes a reason that you need to go cool down. How did you know that the cops got your pants? Some guy on Facebook messaged me saying, hey, I have your pants, send them into the cops. But how do you know they were your pants? Because in my, oh... What else was in the pants, Jeremy? <laughs> was your wallet in the pants? Okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah, now. I my wallet, my keys. I'm not calm. Let's just finish this podcast. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't drive an hour for your pants back? Like, no. Why? I would drive an hour for my wallet and keys back. Eh. What? Eh. I, was, I had no car back then. It was a dorm key. Who gives a shit? Exactly. They were suit pants. Uh, they were suit pants. They were for a suit. I don't travel. Once, if you find a pair of jeans that fits a big old body, you got to have them. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, you okay, can't well, leave those behind. There's differences. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would have to go. Yeah. Like, it took me a year to find these. I'm going to go drive for them. I'm, I'm bad at understanding pant sizes. I buy two pairs of pants a year, and they sometimes don't fit. I finally found these that finally fit right. I'm keeping these. I'll die for these pants. They're the most. They're How the, often do you wear those pants? They're like the most replaceable. How many times a ever. week? <laughs> How many times a week? Yeah. Like two to three days. I switch them out with the <laughs> jeans that don't fit. How often do you guys wash your jeans? Uh, usually after, depending on what I did in the jeans, two wears. I'll wear them twice and I'll wash them. Like if I wore a pair of pants to a show, I'll wear them again the next day. If I went out and like what I did earlier today, I was wearing jeans while I was putting up some, I was framing some walls in my basement. They got dirty while I was doing that. I'm washing them right away. I'm not going to wait. Yep. 
So I usually wash my jeans probably, I don't know, 50 times a year. But how many pairs of jeans do you have? I'm just curious what normal people. I have one pair of jeans. I have right like, now. I have like, I'm a trash person. I had I, two and now I went up to three. I, I two. At one point I had like three pairs of jeans and then I moved in with my wife. This was back before we got married. And she was like, why do you have so few pair of pants? And now I'm up to like 10 pairs of jeans, various colors and fits. And guess what? I look good. <laughs> My clothing upswings are always when I have a girlfriend. The and that's same. like, oh, I need two pairs of jeans. <laughs> you should have way more. Than- I- <laughs> You're doing laundry every other day, even if two you do the two pairs of jeans is all you need. Two pairs of jeans is all you need. It would sadden you. And, and I shower. I'm a cleanly person. Yeah, I shower I every day. But it, it would sadden you how long I've went without washing my work jeans. I've had someone say I once they smell bad is when they wash it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I disagree with that Ooh, statement. Look, by the time that it smells bad to you, it smelled bad to everyone else for a while. Like people know you're coming the, by the smell. This was a coworker, and I respected this coworker a lot. Some people who you respect still have glaring flaws in who they are. Like me. I never said I respected you. I thought it was implied in our interactions. Never once. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we have gone so far off topic. No, shared stories is the basis of telling jokes. And that's like the, this is what I, this is one thing that just comics do to other comics is just swap stories in order to, to make them laugh. And that's how you bring them up on stage. And uh, we talked about that in Carmela's episode. But uh, the basis of jokes are, like uh, Clower says in his special, things that are real are way funnier than a creative person making up a story. And so things that are real that happen to you are way funnier. Yeah. yeah. But if they're not real and can be sold to you as real. That also is true. Di- like I yeah. can... I can sit through, I can buy, you know, the Ledbetters are real to me, <laughs> you know, and I'm like all his, he's making, it's all, you know, it's not, but it's so told so well. And so it brings, you know, I want you to know what's what you, not true has to be endearing or it has to be, it has to, it has to be believable. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It has to be at some point, a ba- it has to have a basis in reality. Like yeah. most comedians that I know now, most of the jokes that they tell, especially if it's a longer joke or a story style joke, like there will be basis of truth in the joke. Yeah. But then they'll deviate because like this could be a little funnier and it's not a complete abandonment of the truth. Little enhancement, not an out and out lie, not out and out fiction, but it makes the joke better. Yeah. And the audience, I don't think they really care. Like they just want to laugh right. when they go see comedians. So they don't care if it's who true. cares if the Leadbetters are uh, real. What you've said about the Leadbetters is what I have said about Kermit the Frog to myself. He is real to me. hey, he's real to me. I don't care. I know he's I know he's not fake, but he's guy. real to me. I'm a child. That you are you are not backing up my points <laughs> 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 at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> everything's silly. Nothing matters. No, some things matter. Do they? 
Yes. Do they? I've learned I've learned the last like I'm gonna say three years that everything I thought was important doesn't matter apparently. I get I find I get called out on the weirdest shit. Like I'll tell a real story or a real thing and the the thing that people want to come up to me afterwards and be like I, I don't need oh pickled sausages actually cost a buck seventy nine at Casey's. Like, or I just get weird, like, no, that town, or like a weird fact of a town, like, oh, you didn't know that. Or like, oh, that wasn't even the point of any, or like, that's what you bothered you that wasn't true. You've said so many real things that sound so fucking weird to me that I've thrown everything out. Everything, everything is real and nothing is real at the same time with you. I'm just trying, a lady the other day said, they come up to me and says, it was kind of like the Haymarket capital of the world type deal. Like what? oh the hay capital of the world or the hay yeah the hay capital oh, of the yeah. world like, it was kind of like that like a oh okay well yeah I, yeah a lady a lady left a I walked a lady in Oklahoma and uh, after at like the twenty five minute point damn and she came up to David and told him that she was offended uh, by my or she didn't like my style of rural humor she was from the hay capital of the world. So she, really? she so she knows farms. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like the fact that this guy who says he's from Omaha is making fun <laughs> of farms. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I maybe I lose some cred when I talk about moving the city, and then I don't know. Dude, the she fact, can fuck off. The <laughs> fact that you said I might Pretty, lose some farmer cred moving to the big city, and your big city is <laughs> Omaha. To me, it, yeah, it yeah, is. That's exactly like, the point. When you called Carney a small town earlier, I was like, Carney's not a fucking small town. It's got McDonald's and an arch on the interstate. <laughs> it's got a Walmart. It's got. We had a it, Casey's. That's a small town. I always get confused when people even are like, oh. I mean, my dad used to live in, in Syracuse. Yeah, there are smaller towns. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like, you know what Wait, I mean? Syracuse, people, Nebraska or Syracuse, New York? Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. He, he worked at the prison up in uh, Tecumseh. Worked? Worked. Went to? Worked. Okay. Work for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> with your dad, sometimes I can't tell. <laughs> listen, listen, I've had some, I have some funny stories about my dad. He's never, I don't believe he's, he's never went to prison. Okay. Well, he has. Like, okay. He worked at one. He's never went to the, he's never went to the prison, not in his own accord. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that, I'll accept that. Yeah. I'll accept yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, now he's a postman. <laughs> those are all. Those are all good. Those jobs. are all good jobs. Yeah. Those are. I like both of those jobs. But I and I think the benefits of being a post. I think they get some pretty killer benefits. Yeah, both, of them, both of them sound like government jobs. They are. Yeah. And uh, the only thing is, as a postman, my dad doesn't tell me like different ways to hold down a person. You know, like when they're acting up and uh, pressure yeah. points and whatnot. And I don't know. Maybe you're talking about the prison part. Yeah. Well, in the prison, it's, I, it's I, not. You were just saying like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a mailman, how to hold down a person. And I'm yes, like, whoa, they, what kind of mailman is your dad? It sounds like your dad should be in prison if that's the case. You have to sign those fucking packages, down. Tyler. <laughs> you got to sign. But uh, It's weird that he learned how to keep work at work after he became a postman. <laughs> uh, if, if you could learn anything uh, from this special, Tyler, what would it be? Uh, I don't, Just a different style of humor, yeah. a different time. I yeah. mean, it's... I think it's cool to look at just different. I mean, it's not like we said, your typical last break. You're not going to go watch that in a comedy club. No. Yeah. 
Uh, but and then also it also appeals to a whole different generation of people. Yeah, yeah. that would be what I've learned. I I, I, I can see that, uh, David. I mean, the big one that I took away from it is, uh, especially if you're going to be a storyteller style of comedian, uh, just the way that he's able to build that anticipation for the conclusion without overdoing it, overselling it, and making you feel annoyed that he that you're not getting to the end yet. Yeah, like the people who go on they tell stories that are like five minutes long and they're building anticipation, but they never leave their, they either never relieve the tension with a laugh line or the payoff comes way too late. Yeah. Not in time. And, uh, Jerry Clower definitely, I don't think he ever came too late for a joke. Yeah. Like he, he would build the right amount of anticipation, hit you with the laugh line. Everybody's happy. I never, I never felt get to the fucking point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I've learned that the setup is very important. Like getting getting someone there that walk is very important. And some people like to gloss over that. Some people spend too much time on it. But it's it's very important to strike that right balance and get the co- people engaged because once they're engaged, they'll actually laugh. Mm. And this is a good example of that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, more and more in the modern era, <laughs> when it comes to setups, is getting the most amount of information that you can to make the punchline makes sense in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get people there faster. Depending, depending on the, 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 the writer. Okay. okay, okay. Uh, so, uh, Tyler, I got some questions for you. Just, uh, hit them as fast as you can. Just think with your heart on this favorite sandwich, fave Sammy. Mm, pastrami. Mm, All right. Good, good, good. I could see that. I ate real pastrami recently and I was like, Ooh, I like pastrami sandwiches. Mm. Nice. Like, the, like the real stuff, like the stuff that's fresh cut. Yeah, like at a deli, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. not Carl budding in a package. Pastrami. Yeah. Happiest I've ever seen you is a picture when you won a pork loin at an open mic. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the happiest I think I've ever seen you. Still in my freezer. <laughs> I haven't got to. It's a big pork loin. It's a big pork loin. <laughs> it was about as big as your forearm. I chose yeah. it for that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get the biggest. If you're going to win meat, you better... You're looking at that pounds on those. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're you're right. Yeah. You get you get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. And and the amount of fat on it. Yeah. Yeah. I did not choose beef sticks because there were like sixteen ounces of beef sticks. There was ten pounds of pork. You have a lot of jokes on beef sticks, and uh it's it's that's not a bit for you. It's just it's just a lifestyle choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I eat a I, lot I, of I've been on the road with him. It is. <laughs> I eat a lot of snack food. Yeah. I've traveled with you just to Des Moines. Yeah, you, yeah. Some people are always like, oh, you live out your bits. Or, yeah, I'm like, no, no I just, your bits just, live uh, out you. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just don't know what else to fucking talk about. So, so I, I just so I talk about myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, and this shit's real. Um, favorite joke that you tell? Probably my my little strip club one liner, even though it's not really a good joke. Or <laughs> I don't know no, if I, I know love, that. I love that joke. Like it's a weird joke, but that would be my. That's what is my that favorite. one? Because I don't think I know that. Just that I, uh, that I'm a sensitive guy. Yeah, yeah. I, and I quit going to strip clubs because I found out you could buy vanilla scented essential oils online, and I just like, yeah. I love uh, that little that's, thing. That's dumb. <laughs> also, one of my favorite jokes of yours, there's a one-liner that I people, in my opinion, people do not react well enough to, is when you get on stage and you say, despite my appearance, I know it's pronounced creek. Oh, yeah. I love that joke. 
That can do. That takes us. You have to really sit in the silence on that one, <laughs> and just kind of hope they come around. Like once you say it, you got to look at them for a while. This is not to say I don't love your other jokes, but I remember doing Apple Jacks with you where Don Seeger was hosting, and you walked up and says, "You ever have peace sangria and not give a fuck?" And you oh, just yeah. went into your set, and I went, "Yeah, that's Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for what's gonna happen next." Yeah, it's fun when Tyler goes on stage high. Sometimes <laughs> you don't know what the opening line. I don't line's think, no, he was be. a little drunk when uh, it was fun. I had my I had my chili dog and a beer, and I was ready. I was ready for what happened. Uh, new joke. What is a new joke that what you're What is a new joke that on? you're telling? Uh, that cowboy hat thing is pretty new. That's yeah. one I'm still working on. I really like that one. That's a that's a good one for me. We'll listen to. It's a it's a it's a real fun story, real fun joke. Yeah. Okay. It's got some it needs some stuff in the middle. Some things. I don't know. I don't I don't, I, I, I like the story just <laughs> as it is. Like it just feels like a fun story to listen to. Uh David, new joke that you're working on? Oh, I'm still working on that Bible camp joke. Yeah. Uh, it's it's coming along. I'm fa- I think I found a new angle that I want to take for it. Uh, I've been writing more and more about religion lately, and there were a couple of things that we said in this podcast, or at least that I said in this podcast, because I'm not <laughs> going to take what anybody else said uh, that I you, might expound upon. You could take my pants story. No, I'm not, <laughs> because it's a terrible story, because you don't know how to tell it. Re- we're moving on. <laughs> What's a new joke you're working on, Jeremy? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually I'm still working on the joke about my dad joining the Marines uh and Randy's glass eye. Uh and I'm I'm tightening up the uh no tomatoes on my Sammy joke. Uh no tomatoes on my Sammy is what I, a line I need to keep working on. That's pretty much it. Um talk about your dad delivering mail and then beating the <laughs> fuck out of people afterwards. Because <laughs> of putting them in That holes. came as an accident. I just accidentally flipped the two, but yeah, that's the joke. I gotta remember more of those dumb stories I used to say when I was when I was in college, or the dumb shit I used to say and do in college, because I think that might help. If you remember how to tell the, ask the last question. Let's get this uh, over. With. Actually, there's two more, but thanks for remembering. Uh, biggest bomb. Oh, I don't know. They happen a lot. Um, <laughs> I bombed pretty hard in Oklahoma that time. When someone walked bombed out, real hard. Ugh, well that that show itself was just not. Yeah, that that was. An interesting. The venue was nice. The people were nice. Most of the audience members were nice, but for they just there were a lot of things outside of all those people being nice that did not work in either of our favors that night. I probably the biggest was over Christmas. May I was last year. I did a corporate for the Beatrice Police Department. Oof. It went awful. Yeah. It went real awful. Yeah. They were spread along a wall. It was like 30 people across a big banquet table, and I was just in the middle of a dance floor of a barbecue joint that used to be a legion. Oh, yeah. And I've in the first, I said I was a big guy in the first minute, and I, just a drunk old fat cop said, probably going to eat us. And just the most tropey bullshit thing ever. And then <laughs> I just ate shit for 25 minutes afterwards. I mean, yeah, that seems like a fucking nightmare. That was, a good, that was one where the the... The headliner ran into tra- into traffic. Tron oh. said, just go till I get there. He oh, got no. stuck in traffic. Yeah. He did not run into traffic after the show. Stuck in traffic. To die. He did not. No. Get, yes. Stuck in traffic. Wait, I got what he said. You were just being. I've, I want to make very clear that everybody else did too. <laughs> 
Because I knew what he said. Stuck, stuck in traffic. And then the, I didn't, I felt bad because the minute he walked in the door, he didn't even get his jacket off. And I was throwing him to the wolves. Like he didn't have a time to sip nothing. Didn't I was like, no. ah, you have to go. Hey, everybody, here's your headliner. <laughs> did did yeah, you stay? and I felt real bad the rest of the night. No, no, that you you did a service. Good got a, for you. Got a catfish dinner out of it. That was a decent show. That was. <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest part. I got a dinner. You know, it's yeah. a good when show. You, when you remember the food that you got. From it's good. <laughs> I'm most excited for the show that I'm doing for you because you told me I get a free meal and free free beer. So I was like, that's all I need. I'm excited. Uh, what? Why do you tell jokes, Tyler? To make people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> simple man. Simple man. Simple needs, Tyler. I, I just it. like telling. I just like telling stories and yeah. shit like that and trying to get a reaction. So I just like to do it. Makes sense. Uh, where can people find you, Tyler? Uh, all over. I'm doing a cat fundraiser tonight. <laughs> it's a, a feral kitten. It's like offshoot the main society. You're not doing the show I, for the cats. No, for the people who love the cats and take care of them and offer them shelter. I'm not sure how I'm going to fly there tonight. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I can't. Just don't do the squirrel tail no, joke. You're, I was going to ask, you're doing the squirrel tail joke, right? Yeah, I don't think they're going to like the squirrel tail thing. I think they're going to love it. Yeah. I, the, the, for those who don't know, you have a joke where you would collect squirrel tails uh, and sell them to people at gas stations for like a nickel or yeah, 25 cents. You get cents. a quarter for a squirrel tail. Got it. But yeah, they're, they're not going to like me talking about cutting the tails off of already dead squirrels that I did not kill. <laughs> It's so strange that we grew up in the same state. It's <laughs> so different. It lives. is so weird, but I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys are both from Iowa. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, that's this fits. <laughs> uh, uh, any social medias that the people can find you at? Uh, I think Twitter. I'm at Tyler Walsh seventy three or T Walsh seventy three, and I think my Instagrams are clown seventy three. Good. Perfect. All right. 73 is my high school football number. I'm still <laughs> oh, yeah, rocking, line, rocking that in my handles. <laughs> nothing, nothing about you is ever not on brand, Tyler. <laughs> you just are, Tyler. Um, but uh, it's it's always a blast talking to you. I enjoy your company, Tyler. Uh, Thanks and for having me. David, it's been okay as always. As always. Thank you for doing the show, Tyler. Thank you. Chaka bra. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to follow the podcast for more updates, search Running the Light on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Have a great day.